Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana. As a professional, I want to share with you my knowledge. Tenemos todos un propósito en este mundo. Unidas, creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Hola, Chicana Moms. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I was actually looking at the dates of um, the topics that I have pretty much recorded so far. And I cannot believe it's April 14th is going to be one year of Chicana Moms. Oh my God. Time flies. It's kind of scary at the same time. Like when time flies, I'm just like, no, I want to get old. My kids are going to get older. They're going to start going out. I'm going to be scared. (laughs) This anxiety starts to kick in, right? But we just have to be very careful and just cautious of bringing us back to the present moment and to make the right choices to raise our kids the best way we can with love, um, with respect, so that they're able to feel connected, you know, to us so they don't feel obviously disconnected and to know that there's a purpose in their lives so that they don't have to gravitate to things that are unhealthy. But it all starts with us, you guys. Honestly, I think that if we have anxiety and these fears, like they pick up on it big time and we have to be very careful with that, Um, making sure we don't parent out of guilt, we don't parent out of anger, resentment, but we parent out of love and respect, knowing how to talk to them and how to listen. That's so important. When we look at our children and we see how they're behaving, we have to understand like there's a reason for everything. If they're angry, we need to understand like what is going on with my child right now and validating their emotions. I mean, I think as human beings, we all need to feel validated, right? I mean, even as adults, you guys, we go to work. Um, well, I I am a student right now and I don't have, I'm my own boss. But when I used to go to work, it was just like, wow, like it would have been nice, you know, to hear that validation from your boss um, to say, you know what, you're doing a good job. You're such a good person. Like I really, you know, like the way you work, but you know, it sucks. You know, it sucks sometimes when you don't have that boss that tells you you're doing an awesome job and it also sucks for those children who don't have those type of parents that validate who they are and their emotions and you know their improvements that they're trying every child is so intelligent grades don't define who they are you know I think that you know we're getting close to the end of the school year uh, around May or so I think or for some in June And we see so many children that don't get awards. And that doesn't mean that that child is not smart. Every child goes through so many things. There's children that are suffering at home and have to still get up and go to school and try their best. And sometimes, you know, it's like you can do better. And and sometimes people don't take the time. And when I say people, it could be the school, it could be the parents um, or the guardians you know that are raising that child legal guardians I mean um, to really find out you know what's going on with him or her 
And I think that's why as parents, we really need to make sure, you know, how am I raising my child? Am I bringing compassion, love, respect, empathy into our home environment? And I get it, you guys. It's not easy to parent. But when we start pretty much living some of the consequences from our children, and it's just like, wow, like, I never thought this would happen. Like, where was I at? I've had parents that would tell me I would never thought that my child was suicidal until obviously they took the child into therapy and you know it happens it happens and as long as we're proactive and we take care of it like nip it in the butt that's all that we can do to me to make sure that you know we have this intervention needed for our children now today the topic that I want to talk to you about is social media dangers with teenagers I have a young girls um, mentor program and I love my girls. They are so amazing. They're so beautiful. They're so unique. They have these dreams that is so like amazing and they just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. They just want to be loved. And I think that one of the things that really stood out for me was that there's a lot of girls being affected by the social media dangers. I'm not dismissing the fact that boys also don't get into trouble or, you know, things can happen to them. But I'm talking about also the girls that are posting inappropriate pictures, the girls that are seeking that like attention you know, in a very unhealthy manner and, you know, a topic of human trafficking, you know, it's so much easier for those individuals, those those sick individuals to go into social media, start chatting with these girls, letting them know how beautiful they are, how special they are. They start off with small little, you know, simple questions and then later on it expands to, Send me a picture of yourself naked or, you know, and um, and if you don't meet me where I'm telling you that I'm going to post your picture on social media and then there's that manipulation and it's very scary. So I want to talk about that to know the facts behind that um, because there has been research done and also to talk about ways that, you know, we can help our girls. I don't have girls personally, I have boys, but whenever I see young girls, even if they're my family or not, for me, it's like they're my girls. Why? Because as a professional and as a human being and because I know God works through me, I have to and I want to make an impact in these girls. They can be, it can be a girl in the the market, you know, I can go to the market and I can see a a young teenager and that's not going to stop me from not like giving her a positive praise of like, you look very beautiful. I love your, your curls. I love your smile. Like you're so nice, you know, not in an awkward way, of course, but in a very respectful manner. And I think every young teenager that you come across to needs those words, those wisdom, that wisdom of yours in a very compassionate, loving manner, even if they're related to you or not. 
Teenagers are so amazing and individuals are trying to find themselves and they are the future of our world as well. So I want to talk to you about social media dangers with teenagers. Let's get started. The following information I will be sharing with you is referenced from the book, The Big Disconnect, Dr. Catherine Steiner Dyer, a clinical psychologist. Okay, so first of all, I want to tell you about direct communication. Direct communication is when someone's able to express their true intentions, their thoughts, their feelings. Indirect communication is when someone hides their true intentions, okay? So when a teenager is on social media, you know, trying to communicate, because that's, it's easier for them. They hide behind a screen. They're able to like say things that they would never say in front of someone else. So there's a lot of indirect communication happening with a lot of our teenagers. Okay. So that means there's a lack of social skills. So we want to make sure that we continue to practice with our kids social skills, that we introduce to them, you know, um, these social skills, like encouraging them or registering them into different classes. I get it. There's a point where it just becomes very challenging for the child to let go of that cell phone. I've had cases in the past where the phone has been removed from the child and the child gets super angry. There's aggressiveness from the child to the parent. And then the police is called and the children are removed all because of the issue with the cell phone. This cell phone has become chaos. I get it. And it's something we can use as consequences But trying to monitor, I know that sometimes as parents, it becomes really challenging because of the work schedule, but it's something that I'll share something that I do. My son, my oldest son will be in his room and I will walk in randomly and I'll just lay there with him just to see what he's watching. And all the time without him knowing, because I don't make all this crazy noise for him, for him to know that I'm coming. Um, he's watching things that are appropriate. I think that I'm not a perfect parent, but I have tried my best to always lay with my kids every night and randomly throughout the day, um, to be able to talk to them, to connect, to get into their world. And they love that. Um, if you find yourself not trying to get into your child's world then that's where it becomes a problem because that's when the child feels very disconnected from you or vice versa. So this is where I talk about the indirect communication. So whenever you do go in there and you talk to your child and your child just tells you, or you ask your child, you know, how are you doing today? Good. What's wrong? Nothing. There's something wrong. Tell me. 
There's nothing wrong. Leave me alone. And you get those answers often. Just remember that there's always going to be either one or two answers. One, that they are doing good. Or two, that they're not. And how will we know if it's a good or if it's a not good? That's where it becomes very concerning, right? So why is it that social skills are so important for our kids? Well, they're able to read body language, facial expressions, and even the small kinds of vocal reactions. They become unimportant at some extent, but they're very important, extremely important. Let me tell you something I always tell the parents and my my girls that I see. The word nice doesn't really mean so much. A person can be super nice to you. They can be, I said a murderer can be the nicest person. So God forbid, but our child comes across a person with bad intentions and they're being super nice. Their body language looks like just kind of like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're happy. They're not, they don't look intimidating. You know, their facial expressions, right? But guess what? That gut instinct that we need to be in tune with, they're not in tune because their social skills are not being developed. This is one of the things that scares the fuck out of me. When it comes to my kids and when it comes to my young family members and to all those kids out there. Not knowing that gut feeling that something is wrong. And they might, they might, but they'll probably avoid it because of not, of being indirect communicators. Of hiding their true intentions, not knowing how to say no because they just haven't practiced it. This is why I think social media is dangerous. Yes, there are those positives, right? But right now I'm talking about more of the negatives, okay? The negatives that can end up between life or death with our children. Don't ever think that nothing like that could ever happen to our kids. We don't want that to happen. But you know what? It's better for you to think and be like, you know what? Let me be proactive here. Let me nip this shit in the butt, whatever the fuck is happening, because my child's life is so important to me. We need to take this very seriously. I'm not that we're not, you guys. Maybe some parents are and some some parents are not. But it's just, it scares me. It scares me as a mother, as a professional, as a human being to know like that there's young kids being hurt, manipulated through social media, especially like I was telling you with the girls that are posting these pictures, showing their boobs, showing their butt cheeks with Daisy Dukes, right? Um, I remember you guys, I remember in the nineties when I was a teenager, I used to wear these little like hoochie little Daisy Dukes and I was a teenager. I thought I was cute, but to, I say hoochie. I take that back. I don't like saying that word. Okay. I don't like saying that word, but that's how it's perceived. It sucks, but we're not, you know what I mean? Like 
I'm even saying it because I feel like I kind of grew up hearing that like, oh, if you wear daisies, you're a hoochie. And that's kind of what stopped me wearing them because I was like, yeah, I don't want to be defined like that. So I remember being a teenager and I remember you guys that my mom one day got mad at me because I'm pretty sure I was giving attitude or I don't know what the heck happened. And I think, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm going to say it anyways. I was actually walking to work and I was 16 years old and this man, Cholo, big, big man gets out of his like, it looked like one of those like low rider cars, those gangster cars. <laughs> um, he gets off, opens a door, the back door, stands there, opens his arms and says, hey, come here, give me a hug. I'm like, hell no. I freaking ran. And then I was so scared because I was like, this dude wanted to kidnap me. Okay. And there was no social media back in the days. It makes me think how like I was able to run, right? Thankfully, he didn't see me going into my job because my job was right like next to where he was parked. But with the social media, there's a lot of teenagers who like to put their locations. And they like to post, oh, I'm home by myself. And guess who sees that? And if they're public, because they want more followers. It's just scary. I want to talk to you also about, you know, that issue that not a lot of people talk about sometimes, which is human trafficking. And, and there's, you know, we've all heard the word pimps. And I want to talk to you about the three different types of pimps that are that I came across when I was reading about social media dangers, which I thought it was pretty interesting. And um, yeah, it's pretty scary, you guys. And and if I am kind of scaring you, I guess in a way, because I know I get scared reading this shit, like it's it's see it as a good thing that you're getting scared because that's going to push you to do something better. And nip things in the butt with your child. Not Don't come across where it's just say, you know what, fuck this shit. I've had enough of this shit. Like, you don't want to come across like that. I'm sorry if I'm cussing, but, like, it scares me and I cuss. <laughs> but you don't want to come across like that with your child. Or else they're going to shut down and just going to create chaos. So I want to talk to you about ways of you talking to them and just implementing a different approach on how to help your child with this situation, okay? There's a quote by Dr. Steiner Adair, which states, Part of healthy self-esteem is knowing how to say what you think and feel even when you're in disagreement with other people or it feels emotionally risky. So it's important for us as parents to first master that ourselves and then teach it to our kids. Now, we can teach them as we're learning, right? But... Self-esteem, I think, is what highlights this whole situation of social media. It's either low self-esteem or high self-esteem. I think with low self-esteem with teenagers, they are very... The word is, I mean, even as adults, we become ignorant, right? Like, we don't know so much. We don't know everything just because we're adults. So I think that's one of the things that we need to bring down a notch or completely, I should say, when it comes to raising our kids, 
because we don't know it all. We might have all these years of experience, but sometimes kids are even more mature than their own parents. So we need to really make sure like, okay, I don't know it all. I'm still working on my self-esteem and how can I help my child? The teenage stage, I think of what I've gotten from so many people doing these parenting classes is that it scares them the most. They're scared. I personally never saw it scary. My son's going to be 17 years old. Um, I do worry sometimes because I'm, you know, as it, I guess the norm of like, what is he going to do with his life? Da, da, da. But then I was like, you know what? He's so, he knows what he wants right now. He loves video editing. He's such, he has a lot of empathy. His emotional intelligence is super high. So that is what helps me to know that he's going to be okay. I've talked to my kids since they were small. You know, don't talk to strangers. No one touches your private parts. No, you know, like there's going to be nice people. But if you have this gut feeling and I've always talked about the gut feeling, you know, I'm trying my best, you know, and I hope, I mean, I do feel, I feel good. I feel good to whatever I have pretty much planted with my kids. But don't get me wrong, there's still those fears as well. But knowing how to help our kids with their self-esteem is really important. But you as a parent have to take care of yourself too. If you're burned out as a parent, imagine what crumbs you're going to be handing over to your kids. You know, I'd say crumbs or what's going to be given to them, however you want to perceive it. But your self-esteem matters so much. And how you're raising your children. There are parents who spend a lot of the time on social media. And the child's over there dirty with the pamper to colgado ahí with pee and everything. And the parents on social media. Like, okay, there's, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy right there. But it's scary. It really is. We need to be able to help our children with social skills. Right? Teaching them how to read those social cues, right? We don't want them to be nonverbal, okay? Because that turns into a disabled context. And the more we talk to them with open ended questions, there's a big difference, okay? An open ended question is asking a question that's not going to be, uh, that doesn't require yes or no answer. So if you pick up your child from school, it's pretty much instead of saying, how was your day today? It was more like, hey, what is one thing you learned today in science? You expand more than just how was your day today? Because a lot of the things you're going to hear is good, boring, sucked, whatever. (laughs) Right? So open-ended questions are very important. Very important. Dr. Stainer Dyer states that girls are socialized more to compare themselves to other people, girls in particular, to develop their in identities. So it makes them more vulnerable to the downside of all this. And we forget that rational aggression comes from insecurity and feeling awful about themselves and wanting to put other people down so they feel better. So that's pretty much what happens with cyberbullying. It's like that low self-esteem. You know, um, misery loves company and 
we just have to make sure like, you know, is my child the victim or is my child the bully? Or is it the victim that's turning into the bully, right? Kind of figuring those things out. Because teenagers want this acceptance. It's a big thing for adolescents. And many of them care about their image as much as a politician running for office. And to them, it can feel as serious. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, it's turned into this job. Like, every day I have to post something about myself to be better than that girl that, like, was talking shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's competition. And there's no need for that. We need to teach our girls There's enough success for everyone, everyone, but they need to hear that and they need to see that from us, that we are not just talking or doing what the walk, the walk, talk, the talk. We're not doing, we have to remember there's a lot of adolescents who are in relationships with a boy or a girl, right? with their partner and many parents don't even know that they are in a relationship and it's probably a social media relationship it can be a distant relationship I've heard a lot of the girls tell me oh I have a boyfriend and I'm like oh where does your boyfriend live oh my boyfriend doesn't go to school with me but he lives in Canada or he lives in Texas and I'm like oh wow so how did you guys meet on social media so I'm like wow does your mom or dad know no, they don't know anything. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And then this took me to the concern of like, hmm, there's, is that actually a relationship? I mean, a distant relationship with young kids that are just experimenting with this relationship approach of I love you, you're everything to me, and it's all done through social, social media. That's concerning to me. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. In the old days, when a boy was going to break up with you, he had to have a conversation with you or at least had a phone call and said, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. It was heartbreaking, but like whatever. They took the initiative of, you know, talking to you in person. I know there's some that didn't do that. I get it. But back in the days, you would see that often. It can be a girl also breaking up with the boy and it was more like face to face, right? These days, he might just disappear from your screen and you never get to have the what did I do conversation. And kids are often left imagining the worst about themselves. So then that becomes a concern, right? This is quoted by um, the doctor, uh, Wick, where he is talking about that deception of not having ended that breakup with, was it me or was it you, right? No closure. And I think I'm going to do a podcast on closure, but wow, closure is a big deal. Now, do we have to wait for someone to come and tell us like, hey, I'm sorry, or it wasn't you, it was more me? whatever is going through and they never voiced it there's people living their life still wanting that closure I was one of them so I understand so what about with our young kids with these girls with these boys that have these relationships so that's the danger in social media 
You hook up with someone just because you see their profile like, oh, they're cute. Oh, they're flirting with me. That guy could be flirting with like 10, 20 women and this young teenager thinking she's the only one, right? Because there's, they don't probably go out because maybe he lives far. Who knows? But there are apps where you can download the app in your child's cell phone and you can see everything that they do. Now, to get the cell phone and two, to keep that on there because who knows if they'll erase it or not. Unless you just say that's something that needs to be there or else I'm going to disconnect the phone. I mean, they find ways. I have, I've had teenagers in the past where their parents will take away their cell phone and these kids will make money using like their lunch money. They'll sell stuff at school and they'll buy their own cell phone. It's crazy how kids are willing to do whatever it takes for a cell phone. It's just so funny. But, but at the same time, it's scary, right? Because of all these social media dangers. There was a study conducted by the nonprofit organization Ruling Our Experiences who conducted the first ever large-scale national survey with over 10,000 girls starting from grades 5 to 12. So pretty much the purpose of the study was to develop a deeper understanding of the thoughts, experiences, perceptions, beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes of teen girls throughout the United States. So the reason for this study, um, Dr. Lisa Huckman states that she wanted to inspire the girls. They, she wanted to see what the problem was and she wanted to use the outcome of that research in ways that can help girls understand that it's important to create confidence with themselves and that social media does not define who they are. One of the most concerning things, you guys, that was found in this study was that many girls reported using the technology for eight hours or more. Each day, were like five times more likely to also report feeling sad or depressed on a daily basis. This for me, it takes me that these girls are on social media for eight hours, right? Oh, 60 minutes, right, times eight. So in those 60 minutes, how many times do they compare themselves to somebody else? They have better skin than me. They have better hair. They have better, they look happier than me. They have more money than me, blah, 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 right? That's like in one hour. How many times does that happen? Then in two, then in three, then in four hours, then in eight hours. So of course there's going to be that outcome of feeling sad or depressed. They're comparing themselves. And let's also be real. There's a lot of adults doing the same thing. So today's girls do not know a world without social media. So then that makes me think, okay, well, we can't get rid of this social media permanently unless we all vote and like get out, you know, we don't need this anymore in our society, but like no one's going to do that. I honestly think no, because there's a pros and then there's cons with social media. So it all depends, right? So what it actually comes down to is the way you parent as a mother or as a father, right? The way you love, the way you communicate, the way you validate your child's emotions and the way you validate and respect your emotions. This has, it's like a whole combo. It's like a cocktail thing, right? 
So this is a new territory for us parents and we're learning right alongside our kids. So studies like this help us be more prepared as possible to be there for our preteens and teens as they navigate the social media waters. Okay, so I told you I wanted to share with you the three different types of pimps and this information here. If you have your daughter listening to this podcast right now, hello, (laughs) because I want to be able to share this with you and your child. There's three different types of pimps. The first one's called the gorilla pimp. Second one's called the Romeo pimp. And the third one is called the CEO pimp. Okay, so the gorilla pimp uses force, meaning they kidnap girls, violence, drugs, blackmail to overpower their prey. So the target prey are teens at a party, the mall, on social media, anywhere lacking responsible supervision. And a lot of the common words that are being used are come party with me. Don't tell anyone where we're going. If you don't do what I say, I'll post these naked or embarrassing pictures of you all over the internet. So what to watch out for? Men who are 18 years and older who hang with young girls, overly friendly girls like recruiters who persistently invite other teens to party and drink and use drugs with them. So being very careful. The second pimp is called the Romeo pimp. They use charm, gifts, and flattering, like romance, approach to get their prey. The target prey are girls looking for love or acceptance. Runaways, sweet and naive young men and women. The Romeo pimp will say, I love you. Nobody else understands me but you. I'll give you everything you deserve. I can't live without you. Dream with me. So what to watch out for? Guys who fall in love too quickly. No one should fall in love with you so quickly when they haven't even known who you are. Guys or girls, recruiters who encourage teens to run away from home, promising a happier life. So the third pimp is called the CEO pimp. Uses money and business strategies to swiddle you the prey. Okay. This kind of reminds me of, what is that, Gloria Trevi, her manager. He was a CEO pimp. Um, Target prey, aspiring models and entertainers, especially naive young women away from home. And a lot of the things that the CEO pimp will say is, I'm an agent. You have what it takes to make it in this industry. Trust me, I'm here to help you. This is strictly business. I can make you rich and famous. Um, Fill out these forms with personal information. So what to watch for? Men who flash cash and promise a lot of promises that you're going to be famous. Agents who are too pushy. Agents who want bikini or, or any nude pictures of you. So this pretty much leads to the victim, which is the young girl's. There's intimidation and threats. You know, the pimp breaks the victim by letting her know he is dangerous, beats them, rapes them, yells at them. Um, it show, they show weapons to intimidate them. 
and he threats to hurt her and her loved ones. There's control and isolation. The pimp keeps the victim close and makes her dependent by calling, constantly moving her in, taking money away, and monitoring her moves, etc. Psychological manipulation. The pimp acts friendly sometimes, apologizes after abuse, promises that things will get better, calls victims family, makes victims think she's damaged goods and purpose for a life of trafficking. So these are concerning, you guys. This is why I started my Girls Mentors program. And for you as parents, and if you're an adolescent listening to this, I want you to know to be very careful. Your parents are there to love you and protect you. Now, if you know someone that's involved in sex trafficking, they can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at one 3737 888 and all calls are confidential. It is very important to monitor our children's social media. Now, what if you are monitoring your child's social media and you see negative things on there? You take away the cell phone, you give it back. You take away the cell phone, you give it back. And they're still using social media in a very dangerous manner. It's not about just monitoring. That is important, of course, because then you'll able to see the red flags. But I'm also going to add the importance of getting therapy, counseling, um, support groups, girls mentors program, something that's going to intervene, more of an intervention, I should say. If you have this relationship with your daughter where they are able to communicate their thoughts and feelings, great. Because then that's going to be easier for you to teach her the importance of the dangers of social media. But what about when your daughter doesn't express herself? Then that's a concern. Let's remember that as parents, we don't have all the solutions. We have to look outside for professional help. Yes, in our culture, it's more like, let's pray on it. I get it. Prayer is powerful. But God also works through a lot of professionals. It is important to monitor, but it is also important to seek help outside of the home when it's needed. So now, how do we help our kids? Well, by giving them our full attention, bonding time. Listen to their stories of what they've gone through. Even if you feel like, oh, I don't, this is dumb. Even if you think it's dumb, it's not dumb for them. Reflect on what your child is telling you and how they're behaving and validate their emotions. If your child is angry, just tell her or tell him. I can see that you're upset right now. I know you're mad. I'm going to give you time to relax. I love you though, okay? Certain things like that make a big, profound change. Listen to their needs and their wants. You were a teenager yourself. You know how crazy it was. I remember not being heard and understood. I'm surprised I never gravitated to alcohol and drugs. But you know what I gravitated to? Wanting the attention. As a teenager, I was really into boys. 
and I'm just grateful for where I'm at. But I'm going to share a story with you guys that, even now as an adult, I think like, what the fuck was I thinking? And you know what? It was stupid. It was stupid because I remember being a teenager. I don't know. I think I was probably 17 years old and I was walking home. And I remember this one guy, me and my friend were walking home actually. And this guy pulled up and he said, hey, what's up? Can I get your number? And stupid as, I was like, sure. I gave him my number, you guys. I was 17 years old, okay? And I remember um, going home. I think I was 17, if I'm not mistaken. Because I remember having this relationship was off and on. So I remember giving him my number and he would call me. And he invited me out. And I was like, sure. All naive, the mensa. <laughs> my God, I think of that sometimes. And I'm like, oh, stupid. But I told my mom, like, oh, I'm going to go out with my friend. I lied to her. I didn't tell her, mom, can I go out with my friend that I just met that from the street? Like, how was I going to do that? So this is why I know a lot of young girls are not going to do that. <laughs> so he picks me up. He had a really nice car, which I was like, oh, he's, he's cute. He has a nice car, right? It's not about that. The only thing that made me safe, I don't know, call me stupid or whatever, but he had like a little um, picture of La Virgen in his car. And I was like, okay, he's Catholic. <laughs> oh my God, mensadas, I tell you. Anyways, he took me out to Glendale um, to eat. He said, pick wherever you want. And I was like, oh, we can go eat there. And he's like, all right. So we were eating it. He picked me up. Let me see. It was around. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. He picked me up, I think probably 7 p.m. So obviously it got dark. So then he's like, oh, let me stop by. We left the restaurant. He's like, okay, well, let me um, stop by and say hi to my to my friend. I was like, all right. He goes to this like street. It didn't look so decent. Well, it doesn't matter if it looked decent or not, but it just looked look a little ghetto. And he pulls up in a driveway. He, this guy comes out, Cholo. There's all these gang members, literally, Chola and Cholo just kicking back, smoking it. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, at that moment, I was like, Tragame tierra. This is fucking scary. I want to go home with my mom. <laughs> oh my God. I saw all these cholos and then um, the friend pulled up on the side and he's like, hey, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, what's up? I was here shitting on myself and he's like, oh, this is my friend Paula. I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And oh my God, my creativity of like survival mode started kicking in. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to call my friends and maybe we can hang out next week. Is that cool? Like, that'll be so much fun. I started doing this like reverse psychology thing and I was like, yeah, can we hang out? I think it'll be so much fun. You know, like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So the guy's like, really? You want to hang out? I was like, yeah, yeah, we can hang out next week. But to, like today I got to go see my grandma. I think she's sick. And um, he's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, like, but next week for sure. Are you down? They're like, yeah, of course. Oh my God. I bu- bullshitted myself through that. The guy took me home. I was so glad to get off of his car. Not that he was mean at all. He was really respectful. I never called him again. That was one of my biggest, most stupidest lesson. I shouldn't say stupid lesson. I mean, it was stupid, but it was a lesson. 
I was like, what if something would have happened to me? Oh my God, you guys, every time I think of that, it's just crazy. But I tell that story to my young girls because I don't want them to do the same thing. Just because they have a nice car, just because they look cute. You know, it's not about that. It's not about that. And I'm just grateful to God that nothing happened to me. And there's a lot of teenagers out there thinking that, ah, nothing's going to happen to me. No, things, bad things can happen to you if you don't listen to your parents your parents are telling you i'm i mean i'm assuming there's teenagers listening to me that's why i'm kind of addressing it in this matter but if they're not it's fine but if you are there's a reason why your parents are telling you this they they love you they want to protect you when shit happens and we're scared then we're like ama apa you know because shit i was there so overall, give your child the full attention. Help them create the self-esteem that they need. Encourage them. If they love a certain hobby, go above and beyond to help them with that. If it's sports, music, computers, anything, encourage them to do something bigger than themselves. If they're just going to school, coming home, and that's it, tell me what how productive is that? You can say, well, se ponen a limpiar. Okay, well, that's not that productive. <laughs> I mean, it is productive, but not to the point where they feel like they're doing something bigger than themselves. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? So encouraging them to do face-to-face activities. At some point, they're not going to want to, but you push them. I know, for example, like my son, he doesn't want to do any other activities, but you know what he loves? He loves to hang out with his cousins. He loves it. So there's time where I'll, I'll gather all the cousins. I'm like, hey, let's go out and hang out, okay? And I'll take them all together. I'm doing it for him and for all of them to engage, to have face-to-face activities. On my Facebook, I'll have pictures of all my cousins and my kids hanging out. I have to do that. I don't see a lot of my aunts and uncles doing that, but because I love what I do and the passion that I have, I'm not just giving it out to my clients. I want to give it out also to my kids and to my family members. So I'm trying my best to think outside the box to create these quality times with them. You can probably be that aunt that can take all of the primos out, sobrinos. That's a way of engaging face-to-face, not just once a month, not just once a year, right? but often to create that bond that they need with other individuals, like I said, of face-to-face activities. If you are a concerned mom or dad, just know that your child is not going to come up to you and tell me, can you give me rules? Can you give me consequences? Can you protect me? It's our responsibility to do without them asking. This is a high concern. Their self-esteem depends a lot. And I honestly see it between life or death. I encourage you to do more research, to educate yourself, learn in ways of creating new tools to parent. There's parenting classes. There's books. There's articles online. There's YouTube. There's no excuse nowadays for us not to educate ourselves. 
I hope I've opened your mind a little bit more on this issue of social media dangers. Take care of your girls. Take care of your boys. They are our future. And let's encourage them to do great things. Thank you so much for listening to me. I wish you the best in everything that you do. If you have any questions, you can also email me at chicanamoms at gmail.com. Adios. If you would like more information on the statistics and study on the girls ruling our experiences, you can visit the website rulingourexperiences.com. This is Chicana Moms, and thank you so much for listening to me. You can visit my website at www.chicanamoms.com and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. You could also follow me on Instagram at Chicana Moms Podcast. Thank you and have a beautiful, blessed day. Adios. <laughs>